0: if you will turn in your bibles to the 119th psalm psalm 119 and we are going to begin in verse uh, 33 so you'll remember that this psalm the longest uh, psalm that we have is is broken up uh, into strophes and these strophes are these eight verses uh that we have now each of the eight verses uh, begin with the letter of the alphabet that it corresponds to. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew language. And so we have 176 uh, verses uh, in Psalm 119.8 uh, in each of the 22 um, strophes. And so the strophe is that collection of the eight verses that, that begins. We took the first four strophes last time. Uh, uh, and that corresponded to the first four letters of the Hebrew language. And now we are into our fifth uh, strophe here. And so that will begin in verse 33, and it will run through verse uh, 40. And that uh, corresponds to the Hebrew letter He. And so it is going to be a psalm that, that talks about the, the meditations and the excellence of uh, the Word of God. And so verse 33, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. So here we see that this is the the heart of the psalmist. What we see is a willing disciple. And how important that is in our lives, that we are willing students of the Word of God, that a disciple is someone who wants to learn. And so his desire here is recognizing that there is blessing in obedience uh, to the Word of God. But I need to be taught. I need to be shown. And if you will show me, I will do it. And so we've got this willing heart, this willing cooperation, versus the attitude of i don't want to know more because i'm already trying to do too much as it is and and so you know the the i'm just trying to to be a good person and not disobey god's law how different that is than chasing after and pursuing god's heart and recognizing that obedience draws us nearer to the lord and obedience is the fountainhead of blessings that flow into our life. And so we seek that relationship. We desire that obedience. And, and what we need is discipleship. We, we need to be taught. Here we see that the psalmist is declaring God. Teach me, teach me how to walk uh, in your ways. And so he is pleading now for God's uh, guidance uh, in ordering his life. Verse 35, make me walk in the path of your commandments for I what? I delight in it. It is delightful to walk in the law of the Lord. Now, the world tells us that that it's too narrow, that it's old-fashioned, that that we need to catch up to today here and get with it. And they see the, the law of the Lord as this narrow, difficult burden that's on the shoulders of individuals. And we see it's a delight. It's absolute freedom. To know that God is smiling upon me and that I am in right relationship with Him. And so make me walk in the path of your transfer, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and, and not to covetousness. Here we see that the world, uh, the world is filled with covetousness they just simply want more we live in a consumer world that that just desires to have more and more and more but here we see that the desire here of the psalmist is don't let me get caught up into the lie covetousness is a lie it's a it's a lie that promises that you're going to be happier if you have more have you ever believed that In your own life if if i just have that new car if i just have a different house if i just get that perfect pair of shoes to go with the outfit then i'm gonna be happy (laughs) and 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 we just you know we keep on placing and covetousness is is placing our happiness upon things instead of our relationship with god and things will never fill us and so here i heard a great and great quote one time it said don't ever fall in love with something that can't love you back don't ever fall in love with something that can't love you back that's covetousness when when you're falling in love with things and things can never have a a relationship with you and and when you're trying to collect more and, and and all of these things to fill in your life you're never going to be content you're never going to know the peace of God you're never going to know the joy of the lord in your life and and so turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things did did the psalmist here know that television was going to be invented <laughs> Have you ever binged watched anything and then said afterwards, what a waste of time that was. You ever, you ever see a terrible movie it's like, man, that was the biggest waste of two hours in my entire life. I wish I had done anything uh, other than, than that. Turn my eyes away from looking at, at worthless things. And, and I think that worthless things, not only destructive, but I think also things that are destructive. Turning our eyes uh, away from evil and from the things that that are so ubiquitous uh, in our lives today. Evil, the technology of the internet and television and all delivering so much content. And so much content is fantastic content. And then also there is so much wickedness that is now available to be viewed by by just about anybody at any point uh, in time. And and so this verse carries a a particular heartfelt uh, warning. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. And so, I think it's a, a good idea to, to ask yourself when you're watching anything, would you be comfortable having Jesus sitting next to you watching it with him? <laughs> and I'll let you answer that for yourselves, uh, you know, uh, on that. And, and so, what's, what's worthless, you know, and, and trying to get it? No, that's a hard thing. That, that is now the Spirit of the Lord in your own life and conviction, but, but I do think a good rule in anything that you do is can I take Jesus with me into this, you know? I'm gonna go to a party, great. Would you take Jesus with you to that party? No, he has to wait outside. <laughs> yeah. then maybe you shouldn't go to that party. And, and so it's just a good question of will this action or activity break fellowship? Uh, with Jesus and at the end of this am I going to be closer to the Lord or am I gonna have to pick up the relationship again because it got set down and so here the psalmist is desiring that that he would not travel down a path that would cause relational discord with God. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. And and here again, we just see the devotion of the psalmist, devoted to God. What does it mean to be devoted to God? There's such a difference between trying to obey God and being devoted to God devotion. When you see a a husband that's devoted to his wife, you see a wife that's devoted to her husband, you see a mother devoted to her and children. There There is such a relational component of intimacy and communion and tenderness and fellow. That's what God wants with us. That's what He wants with us. He doesn't want us to be afraid of Him and just trying to keep rules. I know that growing up in my own life, I just wanted to just kind of be on good terms with God. I didn't want God to be mad at me, but but there was no devotion. There was no relationship with God in my life. It was about me trying to keep the rules uh, that... I knew God had given, and so my relationship was more with a set of rules than it was with God himself. And here we see that devotion is is not a term that's used towards rules. It is a relational word that we have. Who is devoted. Establish your word to your servant who's devoted to fearing you. And fearing you doesn't mean being afraid of god it it means being concerned uh, that my actions will harm our relationship when you're seeking to draw nearer to God you want to do those things that are going to bring you into greater proximity to him and when you've made progress in your relationship you don't want to slip back from that relationship you don't want to do those things that that are going to hurt your relationship uh, with God and not because it's mandated it's because it's a desire of your heart it's not out of compulsion but uh, out of desire for relational intimacy. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. And behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in, in your righteousness. And, and so the forgiveness uh, of uh, sins. And, and he says, take away my reproach. In other words, forgive me of my sins. And he says, for your judgments are good. He, he is declaring that the moral law of God is good. I'm failing to keep every aspect uh, of the law, but the law is good. I'm not finding fault uh, with the, the law. So oftentimes I can find fault with the law, you know. The other day my son is driving with me and I'm, you know, driving along and he, he's like, you know, Dad, do you know how fast you're going, you know, right now? And... and i'm just i'm doing 45 just it's just 45 and it's like he's like Dad, the speed limit's 35. And I go, I know, but it should be 45 on this street here because this is ridiculous that on this street it's 35 and then in 10 more feet it's going to turn to 45. And, and, you know, I'm finding fault with the law <laughs> instead of, uh, of my own behavior here. And, and here the psalmist is saying, no, it's a good speed limit. I, I just am failing. I'm just failing, so forgive me for my failure, Lord. And I, I long for your precepts and revive me in your righteousness. We get to the next strophe here, wah in the Hebrew, and and this is now a strophe that that centers around sharing your faith with others and in verse 41, it says, let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. And so shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust uh, in your word. And so here we see that, that he is asking to be able to answer those that are reproaching. And today we see you know the bible tells us to be ready to give an answer for the reason for the hope that lies within you and and here when people are are condemning our lifestyle and are condemning our viewpoints as being narrow and and self-righteous, we, we want to be able to have the right answer, the tender answer that will turn away wrath and, and that will be able to make Christ attractive instead of the way and the position that they see our faith and they see the Lord. And so here we see that he's asking now for that help to be able to have that answer to the person who is in opposition. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances." And so shall i keep your law continually forever and ever and i will walk at liberty for i seek your precepts and and so here again the relationship to the law the right relationship to the law is to recognize the freedom that there is within it and and so if you think about the law as a perimeter boundary around your life and then you're free anywhere inside of that boundary and so we can either look at it as as freedom with protective boundaries around us you are safe here within this offense is either keeping you safe within or it's preventing you from getting out the law is keeping sin and danger and harmful things from entering into your life and some people look at that perimeter of the law around them and see it as a as a restriction here but here the psalmist says I I the liberty Of the law to be able to live my life within these boundaries knowing that God has hedged off evil by this offense uh, of the law that is around me. And so here he says, I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. I seek the, the guidance of your will and your law in my life. In verse 46, he, he's talking again about the boldness and the willingness to speak truth in every situation. He says, I will speak of your testimonies also before kings and will not be what? I will not be ashamed, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and so here we can stand boldly upon the truth that we have in our lives. We we never want to give truth without love. Truth without love is brutality. And God never calls us uh, to be brutal. Well, I'm just being brutally honest. Well, do you know what? That's not loving. God's called us to love uh, one another. And so here we see that uh, that the willingness to be able to share the gospel in a way that makes the Lord uh, beautiful. For the Lord is beautiful. Amen? Amen. And, and when we're presenting him, we we want uh, people to see the beauty of, Of the Lord so that they can come and get to know the Lord as well. And so here we see that he says that I I will speak of your testimony even before kings. I'm not going to be intimidated by by any position or rank of an individual. For I will not be ashamed and I will delight myself in your commandments which I what? Which I love. I love the commandments of God. I love instruction, for without instruction we wander. And the Lord has focused us now and given us direction and purpose in our life. I love being instructed and and taught how to live life in a better, richer, fuller way. My hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. And I will meditate uh, on your statutes, and and so here again, Jesus was asked, "What's the most important of, uh, of all of the commandments?" And and he said, "Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength," and and that's. The most important thing. Here we see the psalmist uh, saying that, that, I will lift my hands up to your commandments, which means that I will do, my hands will do your commandments, he says, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. To meditate, I will think about them. I will dwell on your glory, your goodness and who you are and your instructions uh, that you've given to us that allow us what? To approach God. You see, his instructions uh, are to allow us to come into greater intimacy with him, greater proximity. What separates us from the presence of God? Sin. So when he defines sin for us, now remember, without the law, there isn't lawlessness because I didn't know. And so God defines the law for us so that we now know what will hurt our relationship with him. And then he gives us free will to either choose to draw near to him and to stop doing the things that hurt our relationship with him, or not. And so here we see that that he loves the psalmist here loves the the instruction of the lord of how i can draw nearer to him. When a a boy sees a girl that he likes and, and he's attracted to her and he wants to get to know her better. He he he'll oftentimes, you know, if he has friends will be like, you know, who is that girl? And then what is she like? Give me information. What is she like? And uh, and then you try and do something that that she likes. You're trying to get information about what you can do to get closer to that person that you're attracted to. And and so here we see that God has given us information on what we can do in order to get closer to Him. And how beautiful, how thankful we are for that information that, that gives us a concrete way of which we can draw nearer to God. All right, the next in the strophe here is then, and this is uh, <coughs> the source of comfort. And so here we see God in the way that he comforts us. And in verse 49, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction for your word has given me life. And so here in the time of affliction, in the times that you are going through it, we see that God's Word and the Psalms and the songs that, that we have been given them in order to be able to exhort us and encourage us in, in difficult times. You, you'll remember when... Huh, when the Apostle Paul was arrested in Philippi and thrown into jail in the stocks at at night. And there they are at midnight, deep in the prison, in chains and stocks, and, and, and do you know what they're doing? They're singing worship songs. They are singing psalms of, of hymns and praises to God. And, and that's when the earthquake comes and rattles and shakes and breaks loose the, the chains and, and the bondages. He's given us the psalms and he's given us his word to be able to comfort us when we are in times of affliction. If you are in affliction in your life, If you're experiencing that then the first thing i'm going to ask you is are you reading the word of god more than when you're not in affliction and if you're not then i want to encourage you to take the word of god and wrap it around yourself it will comfort you in those times uh, uh, of affliction and and so here he says in verse 51 the proud have me in great derision yet i do not turn aside uh, from your law i remembered your judgments of old O lord and have comforted myself Indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. And so, here again we see that, uh, that those that have come against him are afflicting him and, and judging him. And yet, he says that, that I have comforted myself uh, in your judgments uh, uh, of old. He says in verse 54, your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. And I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. And this has become mine because I keep your precepts. And so your statutes have become my songs. And how beautiful that is. The, the Psalms that we're studying right now is a hymn book it's a song book uh, here if you will and and so the the statutes of god turned into psalms and and singing them i'll remember your name in the night and i think that the night there means when you're going through difficult times i think that it's representative of day and night but also night is is a typology is symbolic for man when When it's dark, when you're going through a a rough time, a rough stretch in your life. And and here he says that I will uh, remember your name uh, in the night. And so I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. Here again, oftentimes when we're really going through difficulty and great pain, the world is calling us to go and comfort yourself in the, in the things of the world. Come on. there's gallon of ice cream it's calling your name and come and eat or come and shop or or come and play or or come and zone out and and, and there's all of these the the world is trying to invite you to get relief from your pain by diving in and immersing yourself in these actions here, but instead we see that now the in the night time, he says, "I I remember your name in the night, and I keep your law." It's important not to turn to the world for comfort when you are in in pain. I think it's important for everybody to be able to answer the question, what is your morphine in your life? When you're hurting... When you're undone when you're overwhelmed what do you turn to to kill that in pain in in your life and and whatever that is in a person's life i want you to know that the lord wants it to be him he wants to replace whatever that was before you knew the lord with him so that now when you're crying you run to him you bring your pain to him. You wrap yourself up in the word of God. You wrap yourself and surround yourself in worship and, and in prayer and in him. And and he is the one that will then succour you and minister to you and and put you back together again and prop you up and he'll sing songs over you and help comfort you with the holy spirit when jesus was undone when he is at his wits end when he is sweating but what is he do? he's praying he is seeking relief from the Father and and having other people pray with him and for him as he is pressing in to the Father. And and so here in the nighttime, he says, I, w- I will still keep your law. So many people can stumble when things are really going against you. And we can turn to things that aren't healthy for us uh, in order to, to take and, and knock the pain down in our life. But as a believer, we need to learn to be able to bring our pain to the Lord and, and not to do the things that, that now we have done in the past before knowing the Lord. All right. The next uh, strove hef, uh, and we see that this is again uh, speaking about the faithfulness uh, of God. You are my portion, O Lord. Verse fifty-seven. I have said that I would keep your words, and I entreated your favor with my whole heart. And be merciful to me according to your word. I like in verse fifty-eight. I entreated your favor with what? my whole heart and that wholeheartedness versus the the partial heartedness jesus says you know because you weren't hot or cold I spew you out of my mouth here in the seven letters uh, to the seven churches the the lukewarm relational adherence to the lord I'll follow you if it's convenient to versus the wholehearted discipleship relationship uh, with the Lord. And uh, and so here we see again the psalmist talking about wholeheartedness. Do you have an issue with wholeheartedness? Is that an area that, that you battle? Our nature is fickle. Fickleness is, is part of our nature and wholeheartedness is that purposeful decision to continue to be steadfast in the pursuit uh, of the relationship. And here we see that I've entreated your favor with my whole heart. And, and it makes me stop and wonder in my own life, what, is, what does my whole heart look like? What's a whole hearted pursuit of god look like what does that look like we know that in in the bible that the word of god teaches us that david was the man that pursued after god chased after god with his whole heart now david wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination but But he chased after God and kept putting God first in his life and kept chasing after that relationship with the Lord. And uh, verse 59, I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. I I like in verse 60, I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. When's the right time to obey the Lord? now you know and and so here if there's anything listen if there's anything that you're not obeying in the lord okay change that right now just right now in your heart right where you're sitting just purpose i'm sorry i'm done with that i am gonna make haste to to obey you now and i'm sorry for any for any disobedience uh, in my life. So I want you to know that deferred obedience is disobedience. And you say, well, I'm going to do that, Lord. I'm going to stop flirting with that person. I'm going to uh, shut down that that chat. I'm going to do these things. And, And you have this intention in your life to do good, but you're not doing it now. And now is the time to just get yourself right with the Lord and, and to just ask for forgiveness and to step into obedience. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. He says, And the cords of the wicked have bound me, but I've not forgotten your law. In other words, even in difficulty, when it's not easy to obey the word of god the psalmist is still obeying the word of god the psalmist is still obeying the word of god and there are times when it is difficult to obey the word of god when family members and meals and thanksgiving and get togethers and and there are those that are within your own family that that are opposed to your faith and to your values and to the way that you see things. And and, and here he says that the, the cords of the wicked have have bound me. I'm, I'm struggling in these relationships. I have an ungodly boss who's cussing. I have you know pressures uh, on me. He he says but I've not forgotten your law. I'm not forgotten your law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your statutes. I love in verse 63, I am a companion of all who fear you. I am a companion of every single person that loves the Lord and it is amazing to to travel the world and to see different cultures worshiping jesus with their music and with their language and and you know i have absolutely nothing in common with them and yet have everything in common with them they they are a companion of mine who love the lord they are Instantly, my companion and my friend, and and so a here, I'm a companion of all who fear you, and of those who keep your precepts. The next strophe, Teth here verses 65 through 72 trust uh, teach us to trust in god's word and so you have dealt well with your servant o lord according to your word teach me good judgment and knowledge for i believe your commandments and so uh, here we see that god has told us exactly how he will relate to us and god is faithful amen So when he says this is what he's going to do, he's going to do it. And so we know the faithfulness uh, of God, and he has declared it to us. And so the psalmist takes great comfort in that. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word, and you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. And their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. In verse 67 it says, But before I was afflicted, I went astray. And, and here he was saying that, you know, in, in his life things were good and he ended up with those blessings of God. Instead of drawing near to God and through the blessings, those blessings got taken for, for granted in his life. And so the, the Lord came then and brought affliction to him. And, and we see that this was the cycle of the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel would draw near to God. God would bless them and they they would expand their wealth their power the blessings of god was upon them and the minute that god blessed them abundantly they ended up turning away from the lord and then the lord would chastise them they would turn back around they would get right with the lord draw near to him he had blessed them again. And when they blessed them again, there they went again and, and drifted away from them. Then he would afflict them. they oh, I'm sorry. And back, God forgives them and then blesses them again. And we see this constant cycle with the nation of Israel. And, and we see it's true of the nation. It's true of our, of our own hearts. And, and you remember that the word of God says, God, don't make me so rich that I forget you. Or so poor that I'm forced to steal, to feed my family. But, but keep me in that, that middle place where I can just keep myself focused uh, on you. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, he says. But huh, now I keep your word. It is good, verse 71, for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes and the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver." He has learned a valuable lesson in his life. It seems from this verse that he was chasing wealth, and and in his pursuit of wealth, he, he went astray. But now the Lord chastised him and he's got his priorities back in place. And and now he says, I wouldn't change my relationship with the Lord for all the money in the world. Now, my relationship with you, God, is more important than than the accumulation of, uh, of wealth. The next strophe is Yod and Here we see that this is verses 73 through 80, deals with uh, hope now and hoping in God's word. Verse 73, your hands have made me and fashioned me. How amazing that verse is right there, the first half of that verse. How I wish that was taught in schools today, that kids would know that they are not an accident that just happened to uh, to evolve to today kids are being taught as fact that they're just animals that have been mm, evolved uh, up it's so interesting that that they're taught that they're nothing but animals uh, but then they're upset when they act like animals when they just taught them that they are animals and, and they can't understand why the, the moral decay is taking place within the, the school systems today. You were made. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments And those who fear you will be glad when they see me now remember when he said that that i am friends with and companions with anybody who loves and keeps the 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 word now this is the same thought on the other he loves and keeps the word of god and he says anybody that loves and keeps the word of god they're going to be happy to see me i'm going to be a companion to them as well those who fear you will be glad when they see me because i have a hope uh, in your word it is always so encouraging to come along another believer to discover another believer and i'm i constantly hear some stories from our congregation about how you know they worked with somebody for many years and then one day they found out they're a believer and now how suddenly that changed their whole relationship and they're able to to encourage each other and to pray for one another and It's just always so encouraging when you come alongside another believer here. And, And so, those who fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. Verse 75, I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. So, again, the Bible teaches that the Lord chastens those whom he, what? Those whom he loves. And, and so there is a difference between affliction and chastening. So affliction is when you are suffering now, but you haven't done anything wrong. But chastening is, is when you are suffering because you did something wrong. And the Lord is trying to get your attention to turn you into a different direction. And, and so it's important for us to know the difference between those two. When people just think that they are just going through in trouble, that they're just being uh, afflicted. When in fact they're not being afflicted at all, they're being chastened uh, for... Their behavior and their conduct and their relationship uh, before the Lord. So important for us to know the difference in between those two. Let I pray your merciful kindness be for my comfort according to your word to your servant. Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Uh, and so mm, and here we see that. That now he he is being afflicted, faithfulness, chastened. And if the affliction is coming from God, it's a chastening, um, not a persecution. Uh, And so, in faithfulness, you have afflicted me. Verse 78: Let the proud be ashamed for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your precepts. And so let the proud be ashamed. Here he is asking God to deal with them. God, you put them to shame. And turning it over to the Lord in verse 79, let those who fear you turn to me and those who know your testimonies, let my heart... Be blameless regarding your statutes that I may not be ashamed. And, and so what a great prayer. Let my heart be blameless before you, God. That's my prayer. God, let me have a blameless heart before you. Search me, O Lord, and see if there is any wickedness, if there is any iniquity uh, within me, and reveal that to me, God. And and that is the prayer of a heart of someone who is pursuing God, that wants to get close. But that that takes courage to pray that prayer. Because that means that you're willing to make changes uh, in your life. And so... Change is hard. We get very comfortable with with our routines and what we like and what we don't like. And and so to be able to ask God to to search me and to show me anything, my desire is is that I would be blameless before you, God, and I invite you to to bring conviction in my life in anything that that you want to change in my life. Kaph is the next uh, Hebrew letter, and the strophe here is going to deal with God's Word uh, and the faithfulness of it. My soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word, and my eyes fail from searching your word, saying, When will you comfort me? So here he is asking for strength. He's doing the right things. He he is searching the scriptures. He he is in pain and turmoil. He says, "My eyes are failing because I'm I, I'm reading the scriptures so much here and and how long when." When are you going to comfort me? And so, once again, learning to turn to the Lord, turning to the scriptures, seeking relief from God for whatever it is that you are going through. In verse 83, he talks about he feels like he's got no strength, like he's shriveling. He says, For I have become like a wineskin in smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which is not according to your law. And so here, how, how long, how many days do we have? The Bible says that our life is just a vapor. And, and here he feels like he's withering away and, and he's asking now for deliverance. There's a pit dug for them. They, there are those that are seeking him harm. In verse 86, all your commandments are faithful. How many of his commandments? All, all of his commandments are faithful they persecute me wrongfully help me they almost made an end of me on earth but i did not forsake your precepts revive me according to your loving kindness so that i may keep the testimony of your mouth and so here his enemies almost consumed him but uh, but he still did not uh, forsake God's law. We'll take one more strophe here in Lamed, and this is verses 89 and 96, uh, and it's once again the goodness of God's word. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You established the earth, and it abides they continue this day according to your ordinances for all are your servants and and here again truth that everybody needs to recognize and understand that god is the one that fashioned and formed the earth and the universe that is around it he is the one that ordered it and it abides because of his ordinances unless your law verse 92 had been my delight I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts. For by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me. For I have sought your precepts. I would then have perished in my affliction unless your law had been my delight. And so once again, what did he do in his affliction? He wrapped himself up in the promises and in the word of God. And that is the surefire answer when we are going through great difficulty. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. And I have seen the consummation of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. And so, once again, the goodness of God, the promises of God that we have in in our lives be encouraged god loves you you were formed you were fashioned by him you are loved you are wanted Uh, he is crazy about you and in whatever affliction challenge or problem you've got going on in your life he he is there with arms wide open for you to run to his lap into his presence he has a good plan for your life and and seek uh, him in his presence is the, the fullness uh, of uh, joy. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for tonight, Lord. Just the opportunity to come and, uh, and to worship, Lord. To gather um, together um, with friends, uh, Lord. Those that love you, have your commandments, Lord. They, they are friends. And so, Lord, thank you for the family, and the body of Christ, uh, Lord. And, and we ask now just a special blessing that each and every one of us would, would continue to pursue you, that you would be more beautiful than any distraction in this world. And Lord, that we would not compromise our relationship with you, any lie of the enemy. Lord, may today, now, be the time of obedience uh, in our life. And God, may you bless us by a richer, fuller presence in our life. We love you, God. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.